take two women from opposite sides of the pond, add half a cup of Raising Boys, a teaspoon of some real-life experience, and a pinch of early morning WhatsApp voice notes. I'm Amanda. And I'm Haley. And welcome to Mac to Mac, a podcast for banterers, shoulder criers, dog whispers, WrestleMania advocates, and belly laugh enthusiasts. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the second season of the Mac to Mac podcast. I am Amanda, and this is my lovely co-host. It's me, Haley. (laughs) (laughs) It's us. We're back. We're back. We made it. (laughs) All is good with the world again. You can all relax. We are here. Calm your tip. (laughs) We are doing this episode finally. Um, It's been um, a long time since we finished the first season, but so much has happened um, during that time. And so we thought we'd have a bit of a catch up, didn't we? We did. It's high time, really, because I think I think the last one was September last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite it it feels like ages ago. Yeah, it really does. It does. A, a hell of a lot has happened in that time, um, so including you coming to see me. I know it's didn't true. You? I, did come, I did come to see you in October, didn't I? You and, did. And, and, and it was really, it was really nice. Um, I, I got to spend uh, like kind of, I, I wasn't there for very long, but you and I got to spend the day together. Yeah, well, we got to spend the weekend together, didn't we? Really? Yeah, that's right. Because then I then I was able to come to yours and and you know hang out with the boys a little bit and um, you know just kind of be there. And it's it's so interesting because we've been friends for so long, mm. and because of the distance, you know, those things they they only come so often. Yeah. Um, but when they do come, you know, it's just so nice to kind of connect in a in a different way and kind of like validate our yeah. long-lasting friendship <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you know I often wonder like and people have said to me before like obviously as we've discussed before people ask how how it came about us being friends and right. how long have you been friends for and and then they say stuff like yeah but do you think if she little around the corner from you she would still want to be your friend <laughs> do you think that like you would still be friends yes, if I you would. lived really close yes the answer is yes. yes yes I would because there's something about you and I as two people where we share a lot of the same thoughts and values on a lot of things but we're very different people yeah. And I think that we find some sort of attractiveness in each other in terms of like, I like how, um, you know, it's not your, it's not your bluntness. That's not that That's almost like a negative thing. I like how you're able to sort of like stand up for yourself the way that you stand up for your, your family. Um, you know, you don't stand for any type of bullshit. And I've always really appreciated that. <laughs> in you because I'm I'm a lot um a softer in that way and um I've always admired that quality um in someone and and, and in you that like you're just able to put you know y- what's right is right and you always seem to be able to convey that very well to people if I lived around the corner I'd probably be over like quite a bit I think personally yeah well, you wouldn't really have a choice. <laughs> Either you'd be here or I'd be with you. That is it's just true. the way it is. It's true. Um, These are no, that's really lovely. That's my retirement plan, by the way. For oh yeah, I don't know. My retirement plan actually is when I've retired from from work and I um, start collecting my pension, I'm going to go live with Haley and her partner, <laughs> even if he doesn't want me to. And, um, it's just going to be the three of us. And, uh, yep. we have these, these notions of Haley and I will just be the two old, uh, biddies on the, the front in the reclining chairs, just basically watching people and, um, you know, calling them, judging them. 
Yeah. Yeah. So basically I will, based on what you just said, I will be the one to say it out loud and you'll be the one to slap my arm and say, Haley, oh my God, you can't say that. <laughs> basically. It's true. I, um, I, I, I feel like that probably is what is going to happen because I'm like that now with people. Yeah. Like yeah. if people say things, I'm like, oh my God, shh. I'm the yeah. person like, don't say it. You said that too loud. People can hear you. You know, I've always been like that. I think it's yeah. part of our upbringing. Our parents were very big on like, shh, like don't, don't, don't say things. Even if they're the right things to say, don't say them out loud, which is, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right teaching to be honest, but well, that, yeah, I mean, that's how it got this way. <laughs> but the, you know you saying that bluntness isn't necessarily a positive I actually take that as a huge compliment because for yeah. so long I was so quiet when I was younger I was so quiet and I would let people walk all over me and I would never stand up for myself yeah and then again when I had my first boy I remember really vividly um he was so he was so timid. He was such a shy little boy and up until very recently still was. But we went to this toddler group one day and as we walked through the door, this little girl came over and she slapped him across the face. And her mom didn't say a word. She didn't no. apologize. Honestly, she didn't say anything. And poor oh Max was God. crying. And every time this little girl got up and walked near him, he would cling on to me and this went on for the whole hour. And I remember I got home and I phoned my mom and I was crying my eyes out. Like I was so upset. I, was, <laughs> and I remember my mom and my mom is a bit of a ball breaker. She has like this reputation, I suppose a bit like I do now. Um, and she said to me, she said, do you know why you're upset? And I said, yeah, because somebody slapped him and he was really upset afterwards. And she's like, no, you're upset because you didn't say anything to her mom yeah and she's like let this be a lesson to you that from now on you do not let anybody do that to your kid yeah and that was it I haven't since so yeah do you know what I take it as a massive compliment because it took work to get to this point I think I think especially for a woman it's not an easy thing to do because you so easily get labeled bitch crazy out Mm -hmm. of like all of these negative things are associated with you standing up for yourself or your children or your family or friends or who, who, whomever. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's funny because, um, when, you know, when you do have kids, it, things, something does change a little bit in you. I was, yeah. I will say I was extremely soft, um, before I had my son and, and I wouldn't say anything to anybody. I would always be the one looking the other way or, um, you know, just quietly in my head kind of saying, oh my God, like what an idiot, but never really, yeah. you know, saying anything. And then, you know, um, you have this child and, and you have the, the instinct to protect them is so, 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 so massive. And so anytime you feel wrongdoing and you and I, I mean, you know, through, through the year, you and I have several conversations and there's been many WhatsApp voice notes of just me crying, you know, like this is what happened to Carter today. And, um, I've just like, I feel so let down. Like I feel like I'm letting him down or the school's Mm -hmm. let him down or life has let him down. And, and it can be really, really, really upsetting. Um, and in it's just hard. You have to find sometimes your voice. And it it reminds me last summer, I was at the playground with, with my son and um, there was a group of older boys there and they looked like they were probably about 13 or 14. And, you know, the, the, the playground is meant for small kids. It's not meant for big kids. And it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. It wasn't like it was nighttime and, you know, they were just, like we would do that sometimes when we were that age at night, we would go to the playground. There's no kids on it. It's dark. You know, you just hang yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. We would do the but, same. Yeah, it's a normal thing. Right. But this was like smack dab in the middle of the afternoon. And there was multiple little kids there from, you know, toddlers to, to like five, six year olds. And, um, you know, they were just being a bunch of dickheads 
And <laughs> and I could I could feel it in my I was like it was irritating me, it was getting to me, it was getting to me. And then finally they were doing this thing where they had a football and they were like throwing it down the slide. Okay. And they were just being like goofballs. And um something happened and I saw the football go and it just missed my son's head by like, you know, a a half an inch. It was, it was, and it was kicked quite hard or it was like thrown quite hard and it just missed his head. Hmm. They're all laughing, you know? So I was like, no, I've had enough. So I went up to them and I said, like, do you, is this, this is funny to you. I said, like, my kids fought at the time. I think he was five. I'm like, my, my son's five years old. Like you kicked that ball hard enough and it hits him in the head. Do you, will you be laughing when you cause him brain damage? And they started to fight back. And I was actually quite surprised. And it made me realize too, and we've been having some conversations about this coming up with my friends and work colleagues and everything lately about entitlement. Yeah. COVID too has sort of exacerbated entitlement um, po- politics has exacerbated entitlement. So we're sort of seeing it in different forms. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, instead of these kids feeling bad about what had happened and been like, we're, you know, so sorry, um, won't, won't happen again, collect ball, leave. You yeah. know, he basically said, you know, who are you? Like, we have a right to be here. And, you know, you're not the, the, the playground police sort of thing and blah, blah. And I just thought to myself, so I said to him, I was like, your reaction is really surprising. And it lets me know a few things about you that your parents haven't raised you right. So if I ever see your mother, I'm going to be telling her that, you know, she didn't instill proper manners and, and, and care for others in you. And I said, it's a real shame. I said, you know what, kids, your age, you guys act like shitheads. It happens. It's a part of life. I totally get it. I said, but look at you, look, take a step back and look at you big boys playing on the playground with a toddler next to you. I said, do you see how they've all left? All the parents have picked up their kids and they've gone home now. Yeah. You've, you've caused that because you're making it unsafe for them and you don't give a shit. Yeah. And, and one of his friends actually had to pull him back from me because he was having a go at me and I wasn't yelling. I was just speaking like this, but very matter of fact. Yeah. And I, and I I said, you know, I said to my son, let's go, we're going to go get in the car. Like we'll finish this somewhere else. And I just thought to myself, like, you know, things have changed a lot and people just don't take responsibility anymore for their, for their children. And no, they uh, don't. It's a shame. It's a shame. But that instinct to protect them, um, you know, really, I, I just, I, I do now have moments where I've had it and I have to say something. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I'm channeling my inner you. Good. I'm <laughs> glad because as you say, you know, there's been so many voice notes um, recently when, when I've cried recently um, because, you know, kind of along the same vein, um, when you are a mother and you do have that instinct and you know what your child wants or you know what your child needs and you start banging a drum for help with that because you can't do everything. Um, And as we've discussed before, you know, my little doggy has his delays and his struggles. And I started 14 months ago banging the drum saying that he's going to need help with his speech. We are 14 months on and things aren't really any different um we've had input from certain people but yada yada yada. essentially we are the only advocate our children have if you are not going to be your child's advocate there really is no point you having children no um and actually yesterday to make this a little bit more light-hearted um do you remember the band remembering never Yes, I do, actually. Okay, they have a song, and I don't really want to say the name of it because it's a bit triggering, Um, but the first line in it is, I won't stop screaming until everyone is listening. (laughs) And apparently, (laughs) this is a song that my partner puts on in the car, and instantly I pop into his head (laughs) because (laughs) apparently that's just me as a parent. So... (laughs) 
there you go if anyone is curious um love it inbox me and i will link you to the song and there you go there's a description of me as a parent in a hardcore song um so yeah so that was really nice we we had a little bit of a visit um the, the positive thing is I'm, I'm, we were supposed to meet in December. COVID just messed that up so much. Yeah, it um, was a scary time, wasn't it? Because it was, it was, we have birthdays and stuff in this house um, that we'd been really looking forward to. And we ended up just kind of erring on the side of caution, didn't we? And we were you like, you know, it's not worth any of us catching it at this time no. of year. Because obviously we've both got kids. You had to get back to Canada really yeah. soon after Christmas and it was just not worth it was it no it, it wasn't I mean it was hard because I it, everything had been booked the train yeah the hotel all of that but yeah it just we we came at a time where within a few days everything became uncertain so it was like yeah I wasn't even sure if I was going to get on the plane because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to we didn't know at that point it, it happened quite quickly um and then when I did come over I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get back. Like it was just a crazy um, yeah. December slash January. Um, and but the good news is is that I'm coming next month. Yes, and I get to come up to Manchester and spend some more time with you guys. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it and super excited. And you know, um, that's life. Like those, these are the things. You know, it's summer. So there's some vacation time. Things are starting to kind of get back to, um, you know, getting to experience life again. And so, yeah, yeah I'm going to take advantage of it and come see you guys. In, Absolutely. Uh, well, you're, you're, uh, we're having sleepovers, aren't we, this time, which will be yeah. so much fun. I was actually <laughs> saying earlier on to um, Darren, he was asking um, the dates of the weekend you were coming to stay. And I told him, and I was like, do you know what? I might just sleep downstairs with Mandy Matt for the weekend. <laughs> it's like we can stay up late, talk about boys. We'll watch, so, we'll watch 10 things I hate about you. Yeah, like a sleepover, like a mom's sleepover. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, you guys are some of my favorite people in the world. And I, I just feel, you know, so grateful that I get to have these opportunities um, you know, to, to even do these things, to, to make them possible, you know, is, is I feel really fortunate. And so, um, I can't wait. It's going to be an absolute buzzing of a time. And, um, it is. yeah, it really it is. is so good. I cannot <laughs> wait. I'm so excited. I've been waiting since December. I know, COVID. I know, I know, I know. And, you know, one of my things on, a lot has changed in my life and I've gained a lot of perspective in, in the last year and a half or so. And, hmm. you know, one of the things I always like to do is travel. I, I was always um, the kind of person that um, could kind of go anywhere at any time. Um, I love to see things. I, I, I like to hear people. I like to just sort of uh, understand or experience other people's life. Uh, I think it's fascinating. It's always been, you know, um, crazy to me, but you know, my, my life at some point had, had is, wasn't conducive, um, no. to that. my lifestyle wasn't conducive to it. You have small children. A lot of that kind of gets put on hold. And, you know, now that my son is getting older and now that I'm sort of like finding myself again, you know, these things I'm hoping are going to be more frequent, um, for me. And, you know, I, I can place more value on doing things like, like travel around, um, which is a lot easier to do as like a, a single person, for example, than when you have yeah. a family of four or five. Absolutely. <laughs> it is because let me tell you, even going to the park is an absolute fucking mission. It's, it's just insane how your life changes and you just think like, I'm sure this, this used to be easier. Like this, this <laughs> never so hard before. We, 
But then by the same token, um, I got Max ready for a sleepover earlier on today and I packed his bag, yeah, his little backpack, and I picked it up and I thought, there's there's nothing in here. <laughs> and I looked inside and I'm like, no, that's, that's everything he needs. So like the PlayStation controller and the phone go in and I'm like, what? When did he stop needing a million things to go, <laughs> to go for a sleepover? Andy Mac, it is no secret that you and I both love a bit of Gavin and Stacey. Oh, we do. We absolutely do. I mean, I think we were, when they did that Christmas special, we were going to FaceTime, weren't we, and like watch it together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. But about it just that. didn't. I was just half asleep. I think maybe I forgot. Anyway, <laughs> so we were thinking of things we could do on our season two. Um, and I float with the idea of. Um, there's like shag, marry, avoid, fuck, marry, kill. There's all these different ones. But I thought because we love Gavin and Stacey. We do. And because we don't really like to hate on people too, too much. Um, <laughs> maybe we should do shag, marry, cruise. And so for the purposes of the Americans, Canadians, and apparently Germans and Australians that listen to us <laughs> as well, um, and the people in Mexico, um, I'm going to give you a rundown of the rules, okay? <laughs> so, I just I just want to say for a second that when you first said this to me, <laughs> your version was so polite, and I was just like, at first I was like, oh, I think you mean fuck, marry, kill, <laughs> and I thought myself they're exactly the same thing in a way but at mm-hmm. the same time yours is is so much um softer and and nicer than than ours well, I don't know why ours is so dark <laughs> well no I mean we have um a fuck marry kill as well oh I didn't know that but, yeah 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 oh yeah we have that that is the standard but because Gavin and Stacey obviously is on True. TV they True. have rules and so I thought you know what maybe we should have rules because <laughs> but then I was given like some submissions by people like some people at work gave me some and I'm like oh no I maybe I really should have said fuck marry kill instead because I really hate that person <laughs> but <laughs> Like I say, we don't like to hate on people personally too, too much on here. So let's keep it nice. Yes. Um, So first of all, I want to say thank you for everybody who submitted. Um, You've made me giggle. Um, But here are the rules. So I am going to give Mandy and Mandy is going to give me three celebrities. And out of those three celebrities, we have to decide who we would, A, Shag, which means like, you know, do the nasty, do the bad thing and then never have to speak to them again. (laughs) The one that you would marry, you know, spend your life with, have kids, house, dog, future, retirement plan, whatever, joint bank account, (laughs) mortgage with. Yeah. And the third one is cruise, which I think is actually the most difficult because you have to spend every minute of every day of like a four week cruise with them so like you're on a cruise ship for the entire time and you have to spend all of your time every fucking meal they are there (laughs) every drink they are there every sunbathing session they are there every day excursion guess what they're there so absolute torture it does with some of the ones that we've been given. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you the first one. I think okay. we should both answer these, but I'm going to pose it to you first. Okay. And I'm going to choose Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Pratt. Mandy Mac, who would you shag? Who would you marry? And who would you cruise with? Um. Okay, so definitely would share Chris Hemsworth because he's quite a hunk. 
I mean, that's oh, absolute. Like he's done lots of movies where he's quite fit in both the North American and the British sense. Yes, um, he's very muscly and tall. He's just a really nice looking guy, isn't he? He so, is. He's very aesthetically pleasing, isn't he? He, he is. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think there's any a, a single woman out there that would say otherwise. So I would say Hemsworth is the is the shag. Okay. What about okay. Pine and Pratt? So Chris Pratt, I think, is the marrying kind. Okay, yeah. He's been like, um, he's been in a bunch of TV series, hasn't he? Where he's kind of like, like, I don't know um, if if you guys watch Parks and Rec, if you and Darren watch Parks No, and Rec. but it is on my list because apparently it's, it's really, really good. It's so super funny. It's like, it's like a, a similar thing to The Office, except for it's sort of what happens in, in local government, like a very okay. small and so there are just so, the characters in it are so funny and he kind of plays this um this like really dumb um guy but he doesn't realize he's funny but almost everything he says that comes out of his mouth is is super funny because he's so dumb but he just seems like he's always come across to me as a really nice gentle kind of guy so i think chris pratt is definitely um, the kind of person that you would want to marry. Although Anna Ferris may say otherwise. Um, Cause I know she potentially. Was yeah. Pot- potentially. And um, so that leaves us with, uh, you said it's Chris. Chris Pine. Pine. Do I know who that is? <laughs> um, oh, I'm looking him up. Right I do know who he is, but I, I couldn't tell you anything he's been in, I don't think, off the top of my head. I do know. I, I, I know this guy. I know him from his face. He's yeah, what's he been in? Some guy, isn't he? Oh, Star Trek, Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, he's around our age as well. Like He's 41. Yeah. This Means War. Have you seen that one? Princess Diaries? He was in Princess Diaries. According to Google, yeah. Sorry, everybody. I'm sure this is thrilling listening for you. Um, just me Googling who Chris Pine is. <laughs> okay. So I do, yeah, I, I recognize him now. And um, he's quite handsome. So, I mean, all, that, all that's left is the cruise. I don't know much yeah. about him, but I'm thinking that we could probably spend a week together and I think I'd be okay. I mean. <laughs> okay, see, I... Mm, I would put Chris Pine would be the shag. Well, yeah, yeah, he is quite handsome. Chris Pratt would be the cruise because I think he would um, he would just make me laugh the whole time. Fair enough. Um, because I think Chris Pratt and I just automatic, automatically think Star-Lord. <laughs> and that's hilarious. Um, but Chris Hemsworth, I'd, I'd marry him. Because he too is very, very funny. He has kids. Okay. Um, so he, yeah. And I mean, he's, he's fucking Thor. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't want to marry Thor. Come on. He's a bit, <laughs> listen, I'm a straight up babe. Like, don't tell my son, but I suggest Thor on a regular basis when he's trying to figure out which movie to watch. Like, which of the Marvel movies? I'm always like, oh, can we watch Thor again? And he's like, oh, but we've seen it. We've seen them so many times. I'm like, yeah, Natalie Portman has too. Like, there's a reason why we've seen it so many times. <laughs> That's just between myself and and Chris for now. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's do like a, like a, funny one where you might not want to be with any of these people oh jesus um (laughs) okay well the i guess like these these are a bunch of this this one is super weird okay you've got got david beckham yeah david attenborough 
Yeah. And Robbie Williams. Go. <laughs> easy. Easy, easy, easy. How is this easy? It is so easy. All right. You would 100% marry David Beckham. You would 100% have one night only with Robbie Williams. And then you'd cruise with David Attenborough because that man is so interesting. And calming and soothing. Just his voice. Exactly. It would just be like, oh, look at that. I mean, it might... It might get a bit annoying if, like, every time you go past, like, a fucking dolphin or <laughs> an island, he's just, like, sat there the explaining everything. For one million years. <gasps> Do you know what? Yes, I'd cruise with Sir David Attenborough, but only if, only if he commentates my day. You know, like, so like <laughs> here we see Hayley. <laughs> with a glass of Bimto <laughs> She's using the metal straw Because I, she cares about the environment <laughs> I've never met anybody that doesn't like David Attenborough Do you know that? He's not, a national not treasure person, Not one person has ever talked bad about David Attenborough No now, but why would you, why would you choose? Okay. Robbie Williams, obviously you, nobody can marry Ro- Robbie Williams. He's unmarriable, that guy. Like, um, you know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, he would do my head in. Yeah. He, I think he would do most people's heads in really, unless you're, I don't know, maybe, maybe a certain type of person could put up with him, but. Yeah. I mean, who's his wife? What's she called? I, fi- I always forget. Oh, she called Frida. Frida. <laughs> <laughs> what? She is. I'm sure she's called Frida. Frida. I, I, I oh, watch it be completely wrong. But yeah, he is married. I forget yeah, I, her name. Ida, isn't it? Ida, Ida, not Frida. <laughs> oh, she's like she's like a model. Yeah. I don't know. The for me, uh, trouble just seems to find Robbie Williams wherever he goes. I just he's just um he's just that kind of guy. So it'd be hard work, wouldn't it? It, w- it really would. But why would you marry Bex? Like, what is it about Bex that is it just because he's always had the wife and the kids and the family and you know he seems like he's just a top-notch guy although when he opens his mouth uh, I don't feel particularly the same way about him than when he closes his mouth really see this seems to be a recurring issue with David Beckham one that I have never had I honestly but see even I just I don't understand the issue with his voice. He's got like, he's got this sort of, you don't expect it. He's got very higher, like a, like a tenor voice. Like it's a little bit higher pitched. And so you don't really expect it when it cut, when he opens his mouth. So I think. Yeah, but it's not like he sounds like he's been sucking on balloons, Mandy. No, he does it. It's not that high, but then like, I think it's also the accent a bit. It's like a combination of that, his accent with, with the, the tone of his voice, I think throws people mm. off a bit. Um, yeah. But I mean, listen, I mean, he's who, who wouldn't want to be with David, but he's, he's like super handsome guy. Guys. Yeah. Looks, I don't know how old he is. Is he like 50 and he looks amazing. I don't <laughs> I know. I don't, I, honestly, I don't give a shit at this point. So, 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 okay. So David Beckham, David Attenborough and Robbie Williams, who are you cruising with? Um, oh, it's a tough one. She's oh, deep in thought. She doesn't gonna, fucking know. Okay, I'm going to cruise with Williams because I think oh. we're going to have a party for like six or seven days. I picture myself just going on a bender. Like, yeah, but I, it's for a full week cruise, Mandy Mac. Yeah, a full week bender. Oh, all right then. <laughs> yeah, oh, the whole week. <laughs> four <laughs> week. Four weeks. Yeah, four, oh, four weeks. Yeah. Or at least at a full week, four weeks. No, oh four God. weeks. Oh, my God. Okay, um, okay, let me rethink this then. Um, okay, I'm going, I'm going to go on the cruise with Bex because for four weeks, him and I, I want him to tell me all of his Manchester United stories. I want to hear all about his time at the club, and that's going to take a month, let's be honest. Um, yeah. And and I just want to, like, watch football with him. Have uh, I want to see how his brain works. Like, I, I, I think I would quite enjoy that. I, yeah. I, mean, 
I would marry Attenborough because I think he would provide some stability in my life. And I know he's old, but he probably has money, right? So it's like he could die and then I would inherit his money. And also we would spend a couple of years together before he dies in which like he would bring me this sort of lovely stable life because in my mind, Attenborough lives out in the country with like on a big farm somewhere. That's how I picture him, like in the Yorkshire Dales or something. I don't actually yeah. know where Attenborough lives, but I'm just making the assumption. Yeah. That, that Robbie is left for the shag, you know, um, <sighs> He's probably like pretty good at it. He's, I mean, he's probably very experienced. So if it's yeah. just a one night thing, then I think I could handle it. But I might need yeah. to drink or two first. And so he probably would as well. So, you know, I think he's a well, yeah. alcoholic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's like been in addictions counseling multiple times. Oh, so I gotcha. Don't wanna, I don't want to like, you know, mess him up or anything, but... That's it. Keep him on that wagon. (laughs) Oh, God. Right. Okay. Um, Fairly on trend, this next one. Okay. We have Robert Pattinson. Off of Twilight. Yeah. We have Gordon Ramsay and Johnny Depp. These are, these are like three people I don't like. Um, That's why this one's a good one. It's tricky. So I mean, got- I think Gordon Ramsay's quite handsome. Really? For an older guy, yeah. I don't... Um- <sighs> The thing is, I don't really know who the real Gordon Ramsay is. It's very hard for me to understand. Is he his TV personality? Or is he actually quite a calm and collected person in real life? And he's just a crazy person on TV. I've never really been able to figure that one out, to be honest. Yeah, I get that. So you've got him, you've got Johnny Depp, and we've got who else? Robert Pattinson. got that guy. Yeah. Um, the new Batman guy. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus is a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one. It is because they're not, you know, the people that you would you would choose for yourself. It makes it so interesting. You see? Yeah, I, I wouldn't choose any of these people for myself uh, whatsoever. Um. Okay, so I'm. <laughs> Oh shit! This is really <laughs> um, okay. I'm gonna do the one night with with Robert Patterson because I don't really want to know him for more than a, a day, a night, an evening. I've got no interest really, and out of the bunch, he's probably the least interesting to me. So the shortest amount of time I spend with him, the better. And yeah, he's, like he's a tall guy, so I think maybe like we could have some good sex. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like he, I would make the most of it. Let's just say that I would try to make the most of it, and I wouldn't bring up anything about vampires or any of that thing, stuff that he got really famous for. Mm. I never really was into that kind of thing. And it, I was a little oh, bit, me older. yeah, like we were a little bit older when that stuff came out. So it didn't really connect with us. Right. No, yeah, he would be, he would, he would be the shag. Um, I'd have to marry Gordon Ramsay because then I would get some tasty meals for the rest of my life. And Absolutely. The right thing to do. Right. Like, yes. I mean, you can't go wrong there. You would be well-fed and you would be like healthily well-fed and mm-hmm. probably get to eat at his restaurants all over the world. And I know he's got some like four-star Michelin restaurants in certain places. And I think it would just be lots of fun. Um, and I, I think that Gordon is fun. Like, I don't yeah. know. I think that I think that there's a fun side to to him. And I think he likes a laugh. Um, yeah. I mean, do you watch, yeah. um, have you ever seen Gordon, Gino and Fred? No, no, I don't right. know. What- have a look at Gordon, Gino and Fred, because 
that is absolutely hilarious. It's him. Have you ever seen First Dates? Yeah, I love that show. Okay, I, so the I, the host of the restaurant, yeah, yeah. I love Fred. That yeah, it's him, Gino okay. Campo, and Gordon Ramsay, and they basically get in like a Winnebago and go around certain parts of the world, touring like food places. Really, and it's it's really really good. We love it. I'd so I'd watch that. I'd watch that. What's, what's it called again? Gordon, Gino, and Fred. Okay, I'm going to watch that. I think I would like yeah, that. I think that's like more the real Gordon Ramsay because the issue is here, Gordon Ramsay is mainly famous for being on American, like Kitchen Nightmares USA yeah. and Hotel yeah. Nightmares USA. And as we all know, American TV like that is <laughs> created for entertainment because real life, you know, it's Americans so don't that. like to admit to real life the majority likes to just live in this fucking dream world where everything's roses and rainbows even though you know whole whole country's burning down but never mind <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah i i think you should watch god and gino and fred okay i will do i will do so i mean at the end of the day that leaves johnny depp to be the cruiser yeah. and um you know i don't think it would be terrible i i'm not uh, and this has nothing to do with what's happened recently to him. I'm, I've never been a Johnny Depp fan. Like I'm not, I'm not a movie person in general. So I, I don't really, um, I'm not favorable really on actors and actresses in general, but for him, like so many people love this guy and I've never quite been able to put my, my finger on it. I think he's quite weird actually. Um, and he's a, he, I think he's a niche, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's niche And niche. if you look at his films, that they are all quite niche They're not... Yeah. I can't describe, I can't get the words out for, like, what I am no, trying I, to say. I, I know what you're saying. It's yeah. true. They're not mainstream. They're not necessarily, like, these really mean... They, they all have, like, a thing, a theme, a thing to them, like... Yeah, like a shtick. He has a yeah. shtick, doesn't he? does and and it, and he's always like dark and mysterious and mm. it's just because of his face and his complexion i just they kind of in the way his facial hair is and his hair like he just gets into these roles doesn't he that tend to be a little yeah. bit on the darker side or the the like he's willy wonka or like he's a pirate or like he just <laughs> like he's, he's a demon like barber <laughs> yeah he's not he's never just like a, a man in 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 a movie no. he always is playing a character and i guess he's that's a, yeah he's, yeah See, I, mean, I like johnny depp i mean i think when i saw this i was like mm, johnny depp johnny depp now yeah is a handsome man but I'm like Johnny Depp in when he was in Edward Scissorhands. Mother, may I? Do you know what I mean? But like now, oh, I don't know. I mean, he's a handsome man, but yeah, I think he's definitely the cruise, isn't he? He's got to be. I think so. I mean, I think he's interesting enough that it would be fun. Um, yes. But I think the the first, the introduction I got to Johnny Depp was what's eating Gilbert Grape. And I mean, we're going now back to the nineties. Yeah. I've not watched that film for years. Yeah. It's just a long, long, long time. Leonardo DiCaprio was like a child when he made that. Mm. And he was fantastic in that film. He he really was. And um, so that's sort of like how I knew Johnny Depp from, but yeah, I, he's, he's a shtick kind of guy and it works for him. Like he's yeah. obviously done, done fairly well. So I think, I think cruising, but like no pirates, that's my rule. No pirates on the cruise. So. Well, see, one of my conditions would be you have to dress up like Captain Jack Sparrow and be Jack Sparrow the whole time, because that's just too funny. <laughs> like honestly, I would, and then I dress up as um, oh, what's um, oh, what what are they called? William Turner. I dress up as him. Let <laughs> me sword. Okay. Um, Next one. Hit me with it. 
Okay. So this one is like, this one is funny because it's all comedians. Okay. So you've got Simon Pegg. Yeah. You've got John Candy. Oh, Jesus. Uncle Bob. <laughs> and you've got Nick Frost. Okay. Okay. So John Candy is um, Uncle Buck, isn't he? He is. Right. He okay. Rest in peace. He's Canadian, oh, by the way, in case. Yes. Um, oh, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, John Candy. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, like, Hot Fuzz oh. and Shaun of the Dead are like two of the funniest movies to me. See, oh. they're, they're funny, but see, I I have this thing and I don't, I think it got worse when I got with Darren because he is this way. <laughs> I, I don't find British films as funny as American and Canadian. Really? Films. I just don't, I just don't find it as funny. Shaun of the Dead, absolutely hilarious. Super funny. Um. But yeah, I just but Americans and Canadians, you guys fucking love it. You like love a British comedy. <laughs> and we sit here like, that's not okay. Um, but I think maybe the same as the other way around. It's the accent yeah. that makes it, isn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah, um, I think it's a bit of it. And 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 it's just the difference in in the humor. Like I I yes. like both. I like both. Like I would choose. I would always choose like an American or Canadian, but an American stand-up comedian over a British stand-up comedian any day. Oh, gosh. Well, see, I would probably prefer an English one. Really? I think it's the relatability, though. Oh, possibly. That is I think true. maybe when you like listen to a British comedian and they talk about like when they were kids or yeah. whatever. You can really yeah, relate yeah. to that, and that's why that's it's funny. True. That is, um, true. it's like watching the royal family. I will always find that funnier than watching. <laughs> I don't know the office yeah. because I can relate to pretty much everything. That is true. That is um, true. That's but yeah, enough. some American stand-ups are, are insanely funny. Like the most oh. recent Kevin Hart one is just absolutely fucking, I died. I like, <laughs> yeah, so funny. Well, the thing with American comedy is a lot of it is based around race. Um, and it's... See, I think that's what I, I don't like it. I know. See so you, you guys, you, it might be slight, it might be slightly uncomfortable for, for, mm people who um, they don't really like, you're not really dealing with these things on a day-to-day basis. Whereas we are maybe Canadians to a lesser extent, but because we are so close to America and because we go there so frequently, we, and because we absorb some, so much of their media as well, like it's, it's for us, we do understand. So there's a lot of things in American stand-up comedy where like, it's just like, it's just like, oh yeah. And people don't get offended. It's not offensive to us because we live in such diverse societies. Like Canada is one of the most diverse countries in the entire world. We have every, every person from every background here, which, which is what makes it really neat. But, um, you know, it also sparks a lot of funny stuff too. Um, yeah. and so people don't get offended, but the the racial comedy in the states can get quite racy um in more yeah. than one way well see i i think in a way it's good that it makes you feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable um but when you just said then you know you guys don't really deal with that in your country i think we do i think we just don't talk about it as much because we it's it's disgraceful. As a white person, you don't, and without wanting to go off on too much of a tangent, as a white person, until it's brought into your face, mm-hmm. you might not necessarily realise that it's happening. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And because I'm, I was always one of them people that thought it was really helpful to say things like, I don't see race, I don't see colour. Yeah, but it's not I don't helpful. see this. That's not helpful at no, all, actually. It's it's now we consider <laughs> phrases like that to be quite um you know outdated and and um yeah. 
it, at one time it was the thing to say, like, I don't see color. That was the thing to say, like, I'm colorblind. Right. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, no, no, you need to see people. <laughs> like yes. that's how we call people visible minorities because you absolutely you seen. Um, and, and yes, I could, I could have a multiple podcast <laughs> on this issue. It's, it's, it's really complex. And um, yeah, it is. I think it's too complex for two white women to sit and talk about. <laughs> yes. thing go on today and it, it's it's really been getting under my skin this week <laughs> oh god and i think you know what's coming i do let's talk a little bit about the queen's jubilee okay, okay. <laughs> I, have, I have some gripes with this okay and okay, it goes go. all the way from the monarchy is so stupid the whole concept is so stupid and outdated it goes from like all the way up there and it goes all the way down to, you know, how as a Commonwealth country, do we not get to participate so we don't get any nice days off? And yet, you know, in Canada, we still pay the crown um, probably like annually for the queen's guidance um, to pass laws, if you can believe that or not, is absolute bullshit, considering we have a functional government on our own. But we still pay the crown a certain amount of money out of tradition. And, um, you know, I just think I've seen so many, I've seen so many really bad scarecrows <laughs> in towns all over the UK. Um, I've seen um, I, I've seen uh, people call it the platy jubes. Oh, the platy jubes. <laughs> I know. I mean, I swear to God. But, oh, you see, this is what I hate about British people. So why do we have to do that? I did you it with stuff as well. You why do we have to do it? Why everything. can't we just say the fucking word? You can't. Everything in today. <laughs> has to be a slang term. It has to have a short form. It has to have a slang term. And with everything, somebody always comes up with it. And then it just, it's like the big thing. And then everyone starts using it. Even if you hate it, you're going to use it anyways. Um, it was like during COVID, um, you know, lots of people here would just refer to COVID as the vid. Like that. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the thing here the as well. It was, it was the vid eventually. The vid. But for a long time, um, there was all kinds of different versions of the coronavirus coming out of the UK, people, the terms that people were using. And it was like, it was fascinating to me. And <laughs> culturally, you guys just have something about turning words. We're dickheads. We can't take anything Absolutely. seriously. Proper, proper dickheads. Not even dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> and as we know, when you use it in such a way, it becomes fact. That's when right. When you use the, the word proper. Facts. That's it. I mean, right. Okay. So the platy jubes. <laughs> Look, I I too think it is absolute horse shit that <laughs> as a Commonwealth country, you don't get the same bank holiday that Nothing. we do. Because we've had like Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. But I would also like to add that not everybody got that time off, much with everything else. Yeah, that's Places true. Places like mine were open, supermarkets were open, because, of course, where are people going to buy their fucking alcohol for their street parties if the supermarkets <laughs> are closed? Like, your local off-license was open, the B&Q was open, because, of course, it's bank holiday. What do you garden up? It's the law. <laughs> That's what you do. It's bank holiday. What should we do? Let's go and Taps do some reading and buy some plants. Yeah. Taps that off. Oh, it's over 15 degrees. Get that England shirt off, Graham. You know what I mean? 
And he's <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really conflicted about this jubilee because okay. I think that it is very impressive that this woman at 96 is still taking her duties very seriously. And as a tourist attraction, the monarchy and Buckingham Palace and everything, it does bring in a lot of money for our economy. True. But by the same token, the Queen's duties are not what they once were. She True. doesn't actually have any power in Parliament anymore. I only learned this last week. I didn't know um, that. When, as a um, the early years practitioner in me was decorating the crash that I work in <laughs> for the Jubilee <laughs> and printing out copious activities and planning lots of things for the kiddies to do. Um, somebody from a different department came in and was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know why the monarchy is even still a thing because um, the Queen doesn't actually do anything. I was like, well, actually, um, she passes new laws. Hmm. And he was like, well, actually, she hasn't fucking done that for ages. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh, all right then. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. So she doesn't actually have the same duties, essentially, they are just a tourist attraction. But, like, we also have over here, like, government-funded things for the elderly. So when it gets really, really cold here... Yeah. People on pensions... Yeah. Um, on, like, state pensions, not private ones, they get what's called a cold weather payment. So if it goes under a certain temperature, obviously yeah. you're going to have to use more power in your home and that's more expensive. They are given... It's only a small amount of money. Yeah. Um, but they are given extra money to heat their home. Okay. For winter. It's a nice thing. Yeah. Um, apparently the Queen applied for something similar. She asked the government for extra money to heat Buckingham Palace. Oh, for fuck's sake. And stuff like that really pisses me off. And somebody I follow on Instagram, this is my last bit, she shared a picture and I meant to screenshot it. Um and it's um, a really simple map of the UK, like the green on the on the blue. Yeah. And on it, it was like on Google Maps, if you imagine the red pins. Yeah. And it was pretty much covered. The whole of the UK and Ireland were pretty much covered with these pins. Like they were layered upon layered. Yeah. Okay. And the caption said, look at all the street parties um, planned in the UK. Right. Oh, no, wait, sorry. That's actually food banks. <sighs> so <gasps> we're all celebrating this monarch who has served us for 70 years. Um, yes, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. This will probably never happen again. But when you have, you know, nearly... Well, it's a huge majority of people having to use food banks in our country at the moment. We ha genuinely have a cost of living crisis where people are struggling yep. to heat their homes. They are struggling to feed their kids well. They are struggling to send their kids to after school and out of school provision in the holidays. They're struggling yep. to find work. A lot of people have lost their jobs. And yet here we are spending so much money. Yep. On this monarch and this celebration of this monarch. This monarch who spent twelve million pounds of the taxpayers' money hiding the fact that her son is a nonce. <laughs> I know I just said we don't like to hate on people in particular. Oh no, we can hate on him. But no, poor fucking show, Lizzie. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. No, that I'm is horseshit. We, we can hate on him. That's he allowed. fucking right. We can hate on That's him. Allowed. That's allowed because that Honestly. guy is straight up piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, and that'd be my last fucking words with the news around my neck as well. You dirty fucking nonce. I'd say it over and over again. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, is that when she passes, which is inevitable, because I know people like to think that she is somehow immortal because she's managed this long, but she will indeed pass at some point. She when will. she passes, 
it will never be the same. And I think what is going to happen is Commonwealth is going to start to dissolve. There's already certain countries that are 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 deflecting and and um, going away from the Commonwealth. A lot of the smaller islands in the Caribbean are deciding yeah. to rise. And I have a feeling, rumor has it here, that the will amongst the people is that once she goes, um, that's what will break the tradition here. And we'll, we will, as a people, be sort of seeking to, to end the tie as well. Because just as you're saying that she doesn't pass any laws, she actually technically doesn't pass any laws here as well. We have in Canada a, a representative of the queen called the governor general, mm-hmm. and she is the queen's representative, or he, that always depends. I think it's a she at the moment. Um, but they are the queen's representatives in, in our parliament. Um, and so she's not really that involved. Um, no. You know, it's, it's, it's very, like, indirect and... Um, I do think that there is substantial um, uh, people in Canada want to break away at this point. We just don't see how it serves us. There's nothing in the common being in the Commonwealth isn't doesn't bring us anything. There's no benefit to us at this point. It's really just tradition. So I think you'll yeah. see. Yeah, I think that's all it is here. It's just, I mean, and the thing is, what I always think about is what would they do, like. William and Kate couldn't just go and work in Tesco, could they? Like, <laughs> what would they do? Like, no. I, I mean, Prince, Prince Charles, do you know what? I This reality TV show idea, Prince Charles and Camilla, <laughs> Prince Charles and Camilla <laughs> have to live off the state pension for six months. And let's just see how they get on. Let's put them in a flat, an assisted living flat, and, <laughs> and give them the state the local council is shit yeah and- local council flat and give them whatever the state pension amount is i think it's about 100 and 120 ish pounds a week that's nothing Jesus. um to like feed themselves yeah clothe themselves heat yeah. their homes watch yeah. their tv Not pay for their fucking tv license because they don't get that for free anymore um and <laughs> and see how they get on okay chuck them in see if they swim and then if they do well i can get princess kate a job with me it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but honestly what would they do if they dissolved the monarchy if it wasn't a thing anymore honestly i really don't what would they do i don't know they their skill set is you know always been either geared towards military or um i mean they're all educated and everything but it's uh it's all philanthropy like (laughs) it's all yeah it's not not their own doing is it it's just to be seen yeah to be doing and don't get me wrong i'm sure you know, William and Kate are very passionate about mental health issues, but you know, I just, I don't know what would they do. You can't just go into a school and talk to kids and teachers about speech delays <laughs> when you not Princess Kate. Do you know what I mean? You you can't do that shit. So, what would she do? I need to know. Someday, I need to know what they would do. Maybe that could be a show idea. Suggest That's jobs funny. for Princess Kate and the monarchy's gone. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But platy jubes. Platy jubes. It's almost come to an end. <laughs> Way to go. Listen, the idea, the idea of like a post-war time street party is really cute. The idea of it is adorable. But the reality of it is I had a man... <laughs> Around the corner from me. Was there one on your street? There was like, you know, the little side streets near my house. There was a few of them all closed off. Okay, okay, okay. And there was a guy. I don't know how far away he was, but he was so far away that I couldn't hear the words clearly, but I could hear the music and he was singing Sweet Caroline. And I'm like, oh, on his karaoke, obviously had some sort of microphone. And that's the reality of the street party. The, the street party of old isn't a thing. It's just a romantic 
hindsight view that people have and it's never gonna fucking be that way because that's not it anymore do you know what I mean you're not gonna have cream tea with those over the road you probably you probably had a few too many as well because let me tell you if there's any if there was ever going to be a song to sing top five that someone's going to sing at a street party in the UK Sweet Caroline is going to be in the top five yeah but Mandy Mack he he did it all through lockdown as well (laughs) he did and I'm not even joking he did because I would go outside and (laughs) take the rubbish out or whatever and I, I would hear him and then we'd open a window when one of us was in the shower and we would hear him and he's just he obviously loves the sound of his own voice but you know what he was really happy he was having a great time and I was just determined not to be a miserable bastard last night no leave 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 him be it's like yeah you have to let him be in his glory Mm. not hurting well sort of hurting but not really hurting anybody and you know what if I was at one of those street parties and somebody passed me the mic, I'd say, put on Sit Down by James. And Oh, what a tuna Let's have a go. Let's really make See, it I think you would absolutely fucking love a street party because you I, love I, British, <laughs> don't you? I think you would love a street party. I think that's what your problem is. I think you're more pissed off that you didn't put flights for the beginning of June instead of July because you've then missed just out. Create it for when I come in four or five weeks from now. Somebody needs you know to what? create it. Yes, I'm going to do you a little street party <laughs> in my please? little garden. Please yeah. do. Like I'll wear like a like a like a fancy fascinator hat. No, absolutely no need. I will get you all the tacky <laughs> platinum jubilee shit you could possibly want. I want the Union Jack bunting. I want like napkins. Don't cups. I want. I want it all. I want to. It's good. It'll all be on sale tomorrow. I I buy it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Come and say hello over on our Instagram page at Mac to Mac Podcast. Our music was kindly donated to us by Cameron Bagnall. Cameron can be found on Facebook as Candy's band Moretti. They can also be found on Instagram at Moretti Band. All music was produced at Moorcross Studios and their website is moorcrossstudios.co.uk.